Hello, my name is Naranjan, the host of Master of Your Crafts podcast. Learning from leaders who are continuously inspired, passionate, and driven to align with their soul purpose, sharing their gifts to bring healing to others. The music is composed by Rebecca Everett. Today is episode number 25, where we will talk to Brendan, a transformational catalyst who utilizes a powerful sound-based form of DNA activation and healing to help his clients take their lives and health to new heights. Brendan's the author of a critically acclaimed The Grand Illusion, a synthesis and science of spirituality, book one. Now immersed in completing the monumental and groundbreaking book two of The Grand Illusion. In addition, he's the host of Truthiverse podcast and a radio show. Hello and welcome to Brendan. Thank you so much for being available to come on the show. So welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and talk to you. I was very intrigued with everything that you have put out because you've been working in the field of awareness and consciousness and freedom and rights for a long time. And that sparked a bigger sense of curiosity for me to learn about where it truly stems from and where it really comes from. What were those aspects for you that it nudged you into that into this world that's a it's a really good question i mean I, you know I, I i've had a journey that started in the spiritual realm and i always wondered as a as a teenager when i was you know as young as 15 i, I used to wonder what was it all about what was life all about what happened when you die you know what's on the other side and all this kind of stuff and my kind of inquiries started in that in that realm more in the metaphysical side of things um, because I just wanted to know what was ultimately real, what was ultimately true. And, and I sort of started realizing over time that I also just wanted to be free to kind of just live my life and do my, my thing and spend my time how I wanted to spend my time um, and, and not have to be forced into one of the sort of sort of prefabricated roles of, of society um, and tick the boxes that we were supposed to supposedly tick. So, yeah, I'm kind of one of those people who is really annoying to, uh, I guess, governments or, or despots and tyrants because I just want to be left alone. And I, I think there's a growing number of people who are, who are like that, who just want to be adult enough to kind of just figure out how to live responsibly and, and be left alone and, and go about their lives peacefully, really. And that's all I really, really want. And when I see the bureaucracy and the governments and the, the global governance structure um, deliberately trying to undermine our ability to do that and to just be left alone, um, you know, it bothers me and I feel the need to say something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's great that you were able to find out that aspect of yourself so early on because for many it's, I don't know, maybe a lifetime and a half before people can figure out the element of freedom and maybe an an essence of sovereignty as well. Was there something that 
something else that triggered that, be it the way you was raised or what was happening in the world at that stage, at that point that tipped you over that edge, so to speak? Uh, yeah, I don't really know um, what it was. I think it's just something maybe in my makeup because if you, you know, my parents are very, or were very, very much mainstream, uh, like pretty conservative, um, just there was nothing really that they did uh, that sort of pushed me in a certain direction. I think one of the important things that they didn't do was uh, try to force me into a, a sort of a religious outlook or um, any kind of dogma. So they, they weren't um, religious as such. Uh, even though I ended up going to a, an Anglican high school um, and, you know, I, I was indoctrinated in, in little, you know, primary school as a little kid in, mm-hmm. in, you know, the scripture classes and, you know, the Christian nice. sort of creed. So I had that kind of background and that a little bit of that conditioning there, but my parents weren't that way inclined so much. So they didn't really push me into a, into a belief system, which I think was really one of the, maybe one of the most important things was I didn't really have to overcome um, a massive sort of attachment to some kind of a dogma, um, whatever it might have been. But I, yeah, other than that, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just have always been someone who has been obsessed by truth and what is the truth and, and figuring out based on evidence and experience and just attacking the, the challenge from as many different angles as possible to see what's, what's possible as well. You know, I want to I explore what, what it means to be a human in the fullest, fullest sense and see what we're capable of and see what I'm capable of. And, and that also connects into being free and spending my time how I want to spend it so that I get to explore myself and the world the way I'd like to. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seems to be an innate thing. I've always kind of wondered about the, some of the bigger questions and it's kind of just gone snowballed from there. Yeah. Do you feel as you've moved through that process, delving into different areas, that you able to answer some of those questions? I don't know if anyone should say that they can answer them, but I, I used to I used to think so. And, you know, I, I went as far as being able to experience some things. I've experienced um, infinite consciousness. If I mean, I know some people will hear that and it won't really land. Some people will go, oh, I know what you mean. I know what you're talking about. You know, those kinds of peak experiences, altered states of consciousness. And, you know, I've had those so for me, especially with the level of study I've done over the years, um, if I was to say that I've arrived at, a, at a, an ultimate truth, I, it would have to be that we are infinite consciousness. We are everything that exists and we, we're unlimited. Ultimately, we have no beginning. We have no end. We're not subject to, to time. Uh, and, and we're just the, the vastness of what we are is, is incomprehensible. So that's kind of where I ended up in the grand scheme of things and everything else within that or, you know, s- subordinate to that infinity is kind of debatable. You know, I'm not really overly attached to anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's still pretty profound, though. Profound to be able to sit back and look at the unlimited possibilities that are available the magnitude and the scope that is not even untapped. We haven't even touched it on the surface. So with everything that you've kind of come across and learned about consciousness through the thousands of hours of study that you have done um, within your book and even interviewing other people on your own podcast, what do you feel possibly defines you or is this something that defines you in that way of who you are today? 
Well, I don't really think that I don't like boxes and I don't like labels and I never really have. Um, so I think that it's, it's just that search, that search for, for ultimate meaning, search for ultimate truth and, and for confirmation of it. And I'm always testing and, and questioning. Um, so I think those, those things, you know, I mean, a lot of people who, who know me kind of a little bit, but not that well would see me as, as an activist kind of guy, a guy who's, you know, talking about conspiracies and, and, you know, power and all this kind of stuff. And, and that is, that is a part of me, which is just that, that part of me that is the, the guy who wants to just be free and, and left alone. And those, I think are the, that drive for freedom and autonomy and, and self-determination as, as much as the truth seeker part of me, those are the two things that are probably the core, you know, defining aspects, I would say. Do you feel that that is your calling? Because often this language thrown out there, like purpose and fulfillment and why we're here and the bigger, grander scheme of things of why, why is the planet here? Why are humans on this planet? All these other things. Why is the acts of the current third dimensional world actually playing out the way it is. Even in all of that space, there's ultimately a reason, a calling, a quest, or um, a definition of some sort as to why we are here. Do you feel that's what your calling is, to be a truth seeker? Yeah, well, I, it's hard for me to deny that uh, because I don't seem to be able to turn it off. So, <laughs> you know. It's um. It seems to be the the authentic expression of, of the personality of of you know Brendan Murphy and you know a lot of people could relate to that. They feel like they're here for a reason, here for on a mission. You know, I've, I've felt for many years um on some sort of mission, and for me, it's all about truth and freedom. And um, if people don't feel like they have a mission, that's totally fine. You know, just live, just figure out what lights you up, and go on go and explore yourself and, and discover the the vastness of, of what you are and, and approach it from different angles and give those attachments away and, and explore. It's, it's, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing to not have a sense of um, a definite sense of purpose, you know, that, that keeps things very open and, you know, you can do a lot with that kind of open space. Yeah. Interesting though, to have somebody navigate through life just day to day, and maybe, like you said, not really have a definite purpose or meaning, but yet you're fulfilled throughout your days is a very different, perhaps a foreign concept to me, but a different way of living, ultimately, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are, we're in an age where all of the the established kind of thought patterns and structures and the things that we're supposed to do and be are, are all kind of breaking down and, and dissolving. And, and it's sort of like the, you know, the caterpillar dissolves itself in the, in the cocoon right. and then goes through this sort of state of um, dissolution. And uh, it ultimately is rebirth as something entirely different and that yeah. there's nothing wrong with um, feeling like you're, you're in the cat in the cocoon dissolved and mm -hmm. structureless, you know, um, I think a lot of people go through that and it's, it's, we, we all are supposed to be challenged at, at different points in time and go through these, these initiatory experiences that make us feel like we're being broken down and um, bring us to our wits end. And, and those, those, those are tests that are part of, of the human experience. And, and we, I don't think we should necessarily try to control them or definitely not stop them. I mean, 
Um, it is it is an amazing opportunity that we have to be able to to live in so many different ways now. We, we didn't have the options that we have like 20 years ago, let alone 50 years ago or 100 years ago to to choose who we are and to author ourselves like we can. I mean, we can we can author ourselves to an extreme degree right now um, to the point of absurdity as well. If you look at a lot of the what goes on in the world um, with people, you know, oh, I, I identify as a unicorn now. Oh, I, you know, this kind of thinking, you know. <laughs> it's, um, but the point is, like, we've, we've recognised on some level that we get to choose and we, that we are creating ourselves as we go and we're making it up as we go. I mean, you know, just because I feel like I have a mission or a sense of purpose, it doesn't mean I always know what the, the next step is. You know, like I've lived on basically on kind of faith for, for years now, you know, just trusting that the next step would, would unfold when it needed to and that, you know, I'd have somewhere to live when I needed to and, you know, we'd be able to eat next week somehow and, and that kind of thing. So it's like, you know, you step outside of the, uh, the sort of corporate structure of the world, which we're all sort of trained to operate in and, and um, you know, a lot of interesting possibilities open up, but it is, it is definitely challenging as well at the same time. So, yeah, a lot of opportunities for growth in, in the world that we live in. Yeah, yeah. It's endless. It's just based on the perspective that you look at life, right? Based on the perspective of how you want to see life and is the cup half full or is it half empty? It's, it's how you want to look at it. Do you feel you've reached or you are gaining more momentum with the intention of what you're here to do, of freedom and the truth, um, not only for yourself, but for others. Yeah, I would have to say there's clearly momentum building. Um, there's a lot of people waking up at this point in time. This year has been, I think, thanks to um, COVID-19, it's been unprecedented as far as people getting red-pilled and starting to realise, hey, there's something really off here. There's something really weird going on yeah. and this doesn't make sense. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely... We are collectively, like together, we are gathering a, a momentum at the moment that is really interesting to watch. And um, we're noticing, I'm noticing that people are choosing to want to be free. They're choosing to open themselves. They're choosing to question things and explore things that they normally wouldn't have. So, you know, that's that's quite grat gratifying for me because that's, you know, what I've been trying to encourage people to do for for years now um and you know that's just how i've lived for a long time so it's it's great it's definitely there's a sort of a cultural shift occurring which is being helped along by our governments lying to us and making it really obvious that they're lying to us about everything so um people are, are realizing hey i have a chance here to think for myself for the, maybe for the first time in my life you know and i'm seeing it with people who are you know in their 70s even you know they're going yes hang on a minute, this is this doesn't make sense. Oh. And then they start questioning, they start looking at looking for information, they start listening to people they never would have listened to before and looking at information they never would have before. So it's a great time to be in the sort of so-called truth movement because um, we've never had this much activity or or impact. I mean, the impact is, it seems to be exponentially increasing now. It's, it's, quite, it's quite interesting. It is. It's an exciting time. It's definitely mm -hmm. an exciting time. How did that bear with you over the years of constantly on this quest and unraveling and unfolding so many different things um, for yourself based on 
your mission, your purpose, um, your intention for who you are. How did that bear well with your peers or your surroundings, your environment? What did that look like? <laughs> well, it wasn't pretty for the most part. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the early days of that journey were it was sort of like I would just keep keep my uh, my thoughts to myself for the most part. I mean, under normal circumstances, most people, particularly my peers. I mean, when I was twenty and twenty one, um, I was the only person I knew who was that age who was doing what I was doing and everyone else was just doing the normal sort of 20, 21 year old thing. So I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. I was completely devoted to this, this path. So I spent some time living in, uh, in Melbourne for a few years and then in Perth uh, in Western Australia for a couple of years. And I was with my, my ex-partner and we were very kind of isolated um, socially and we were kind of like hermits and I, I'm, I'm kind of used to and quite comfortable living as a hermit, but at the same time, um, because I never prioritized like the normal things that most people do, I never went and got a full-time job. I never had like a normal kind of a work regime because I just wanted to do this. I just wanted to to study and learn and share what I was what I was learning. So I, what that meant was that I lived. I've lived most of my adult life uh, basically in kind of like what what you would call first-world poverty. Um, I've never really had any any money until you know a couple of years ago. Uh, so it was it was a journey where it was like you know you really tested you really you know stripped back to to the absolute basics and bare minimum and I was fortunate to be able to put a roof over my head without having to pay rent for for some for some time um, so that was extremely helpful and that allowed me to spend many many hours writing um, my first book and and the other the other books that are not published yet so. It was it was a, a time of uh, kind of like the you know the, the coal being compressed into into diamond you know kind of a very mm. um, almost ascetic kind of existence and so a lot of it hasn't been comfortable I mean I've been comfortable enough physically like sheltered and protected and that kind of thing but you know a lot of a lot of kind of stress and and you know where's the next where's the next dollar coming from how are we gonna you know pay for petrol in the car next week and that's been that was kind of like my normal my normal existence for a long time um just because i chose to go down this road and uh, you know the dedication that i've had has been probably pathological and a lot of people just wouldn't wouldn't do it did you question it at times when you was pushed to your last straw or so strongly and so emotionally did it make you question, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've definitely had moments where I've, I've just gone, what, you know, what, how did I end up here? And what am I doing here? And is this really worth it? And how do I get out of this? And you do, you have moments where it's just like you hit rock bottom and, and there's sort of nowhere to go. And you wonder why, why, why would anyone do this? So yeah, it's, it's been one of those things where there's a point where you're like, oh, there's no going back kind of thing as well. It's almost like you, you, if you, you feel like you could probably relate to the feeling of life living you as opposed to you living your life. And, you know, it's like you're kind of a pawn in a, in a great sort of cosmic game that you can't really control. And you're like this character that's, you know, pro been programmed into the game and you gotta, you gotta play the role and you almost don't have a choice. And, you know, I, I don't think I could stop doing this. I, I don't think I can turn it off. So, yeah, you just kind of roll with the punches and take it on the chin and hope that you can 
improve your own situation while you continue to to try to help humanity wake up and and discover what it really is yeah yeah did you ever look at it from a perspective of what you may have experienced to to be in a position of where you are today maybe other lifetimes or that you may have experienced that have triggered this and put you in the space of where you are that's a pretty good question. I recently had some interesting um, astrological work done by by a friend of mine who's quite a good astrologer, very experienced one. And according to what she was seeing in the chart, my you know other lifetimes or so-called past lives were, were heavily dominated by a kind of hermetic kind of way of living, a hermit-like kind of lifestyle. So this this lifetime for me was. Um, you know, Brendan's job is kind of to to not be such a a hermit, and he he's he's sort of supposed to take all of the learnings and the wisdom and the that esoteric study that was done in all all these other lives and and kind of bring it out into into the light sort of thing. So, if I had access to those other lives, which you know we all do in principle, I'd probably probably find that they're all there's a there's definitely um you know strands strands of consistency that that run through them, and you know being so obsessed with with truth and what is ultimately true and the deepest you know that exploration that that tells you something right when you see that in yourself that you have this thing that you can't you know it that grips you and that has you in its grip as opposed to you being in control of it it's like you know that's probably a clue as to the ultimate kind of makeup of your you know what super soul or higher self or whatever people want to want to call it you know yeah 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 pretty powerful when it taps in like you said when it grips you or it just holds you in such reverence and the emotions are so heightened it feels like there's no there really is no going back and this is it this is the black and this is the white and there is no gray in between this is it there's no questioning it I find it really interesting how a lot of people who are seeking the truth, who are on a spiritual path to an awakening or looking for something more, where they came from and how they've got to where they have. Like you, it's almost like an innate knowing of what it is and how it transpires and to trust it, learning to trust what it is. And it seems like you've been able to do that. You've been able to fall back on it and know that it's going to be there to catch you. Like you said, even when you was questioning whether there is going to be enough money to put gas in the car or not, there's a sense of comfort that something, something that's greater beyond the physical form has your back. And at the same time, it's, it's um, in my situation, my partner and I, we, we got to a point I think two and a half years ago, roughly where we were absolutely at rock bottom, $200 left between us. That was our entire um, financial <laughs> situation. And we were just like, we were house sitting we, and we ended up house sitting for three years nonstop um, to, to keep a roof, roof over our heads. Um, and so we were down to $200 and we're like, this is ridiculous. You know, we can't continue to function like this. It's just not working, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, being these kind of like, sort of almost masochistic kind of uh, activist educators, you know, in the alternative world, in the truth movement. And we had to, we had to pivot, like we had to make an adjustment. So 
it was sort of like what I'm, my point is, I think that you've got to recognize as much as, you know, you have faith in the ultimate, um, ultimate purpose, if you like, or the ultimate maybe outcome, but you, you may still find you have to make some adjustments and, and take some unexpected um, actions, take some, take some, you know, paths that may make you uncomfortable for the sake of your own growth and, and, and expansion. We had to, we had to pivot to, um, to, and, and recognize that what we were actually doing was we were kind of we were kind of a little bit stuck in the the realm of, of martyrdom we were we were you know that archetype of the martyr and you know that that was running a little bit too too strongly in us and and we had to do something about it to actually start looking after ourselves um so that we didn't end up in the situation again where we were like oh here we are two hundred dollars and we're house sitting because we don't have somewhere to live like we couldn't pay rent or anything like that right. so you know that adjustment and and you know like it's like have faith in the in the journey and the process but at the same time you're going to have to take action to help yourself uh, and and expand right. yourself and grow when you need to as well and to recognize the signs along the way um when you know when the writing's on the wall it's like you know don't be in denial about it and we probably i probably was in denial about you know because i didn't do any of this i didn't start like global freedom movement our website um we didn't do that because we wanted to make money it was about educating and waking people up and showing them what's really going on in the world so yeah you've got to find a balance in the end and, and that's what we've sort of we've sort of struck a bit of balance now it's a lot healthier good good it's good to know it's it, yeah I guess for many it can be pretty interesting and quite um, an emotional journey just in itself I just try and figure out where is that balance where is that element of comfort as well what does that look like? Because when we look at it from another perspective of we're in an environment that is here to help us also, depending on the perspective in which way you look at life. So there are resources out there also to support us, but to another perspective, some of those resources are feeding into that labeling power structural form in itself. So yeah, it, it's a tough one. I think it is a very challenging one for many who were on the path of finding their own truth and standing into their own power um, and reclaiming who they who they truly are. I think it's a very courageous journey and courageous for you to be able to do that for so many years. Well done. Yeah, well, you know, you do what you have to do. You do what you're called to do and uh, you know, I couldn't have I couldn't have said no if I'd wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, such a strong, a strong component, um, which to me brings it loud and clear of karmic lifetimes that are shouting at you to try and get your attention to to process to the next level. You've written all these books, some published and some in the works, and you've got quite a following on online with your podcasts. You've interviewed some pretty interesting people and gaining momentum as the world is changing and as souls are evolving, as systems are breaking down and people are finally waking up to their own truth. Where do you go from here? What's next? Well, I mean, I think, I think we we all would do well to to take a couple of different paths at the same time. I mean, the most important thing that we need to do is 
as individuals is is to do our inner work and do our shadow work and, and go into those parts of ourselves where we're where there's darkness or where there's a woundedness and and to see that and, and you know be with that and work with that because those parts of us that are broken or seem to be broken or wounded uh, are actually those are the sort of like latent um, power places where we will actually trigger the the strongest evolutionary jumps and, and the strongest growth problems we have socially are, are there on a macro scale because as individuals on the micro scale we're not really taking responsibility and ownership of our personal um, makeup and our personal journey and our, our growth. So the, the imperative to consciously evolve ourselves, I think, has to be heated and we really need to listen to that. And at the same time to watch, to be vigilant externally out on a big picture scale to see what's going on and playing out in the world and you know, the levels of manipulation and, and deception that, that are emanating from government structures and, and supra-governmental structures like the UN and the World Health Organization. And, and to sort of walk that line between um, being internally aware and working in that internal world, as well as being at least aware of the basics of what, what's going on around us and unfolding around us so that we can, you know, not fall into the traps that are set for us and not, not um, allow ourselves to be manipulated and herded like sheep, which is exactly, you know, how the system mm-hmm. operates. I mean... So yeah, for me, you know, it's there's been an, an enormous um, benefit to going in within and doing the the expansive uh, work and the healing work on myself over the years, and and going into those nooks and crannies where it made me uncomfortable to to look and to deal with that stuff, and and that's that's really where the gold is. And so if people if people took that approach actively and really took ownership of themselves instead of uh, you know, pointing fingers at people around them about, you know, blaming people for, oh, you made me feel this way. You made me feel, I'm offended, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, turn your attention within and figure out, well, why are you offended? Why are you triggered? What, you know, what is, it's not someone else's fault that you feel a certain way. That's your feeling. That's your response That's to the environment. It's a totally subjective thing. So work with it and learn something about yourself. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my yeah. mentality. Yeah. Yeah. From a global perspective, yeah, that's everybody's individual calling and process and their own evolution for their soul's growth in itself too, right? But what does that mean for you in what's next for you and your path and your sense of freedom and your sense of being a truth seeker? What's next for that? Is it going to evolve further or are there going to be other power words that that show up in the next short while as we continue as the goalpost moves so to speak yeah yeah well i think that goalpost is always is always moving and, and it's not going to stop so you know what i'd like to do is i'd really like to finish this second book that i was working on um earlier in the year and and it's it's already massive so i'd love to f- publish that and and give that sort of gift of uh, the the end of of the fear of death is really kind of what that second book is all about and um you know, proving that we are immortal, that there is that part of us that transcends space and time and survives. And, you know, um, that is that is something that, you know, there's a lot of material in that book, which I'm pretty excited to share. And um, on a less slightly less personal kind of note, I mean, we, we've been working on this thing called the Global Freedom University or what we, we call the Truthiversity. And I'd like to be able to launch that or at least start sort of drip feeding that out a little bit next year as well. Um, we've mm-hmm. had people 
for the last sort of three years, almost almost four years now, actually, kind of waiting for us to to do something with it. Um, that's a big project. So the front end of it will be the Truth uh, Network, our Facebook alternative for the Truth community, where we don't censor people. Um, so we respect and protect freedom of speech. And so that's kind of like the if you like, almost a funnel into the Global Freedom University, which will be an educational platform. All the material that people sort of don't get taught at school or the stuff that they should be taught and don't get taught or, you know, the stuff that's definitely kept out of the, the six o'clock news and we'll cover all of that stuff in there and um, and really just help people to get to find their feet and get educated in this in very rapidly changing kind of psychoscape as it as it happens you know things are changing so quickly now and people are looking mm-hmm. for uh stability and they're looking for accurate information because they're realizing that um what they've been told is not is not right so yeah we're, we're going to be looking to launch the truth adversity as well next year i think and um yeah i'm pretty pumped about that that's been a, a long time coming that's pretty exciting truth adversity Give somebody some real education of how to tap into their own inner wisdom, huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really um, a beautiful thing in the end, but it's it's the project. It's gonna take time. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Yeah, exciting stuff. Really exciting stuff. Brendan, I really appreciate you spending time with me and answering some questions and sharing all that you have gathered and garnered over the years and giving us a very different perspective of what life could look like and what maybe life should look like. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Naranjan. Thank you. I've enjoyed chatting. Thank you. I'm Naranjan, and you've been listening to Master of Your Crafts podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and join me next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.